completely naked, running around our house, trying to get into all of the doors, and then starts running on our roof, butt naked, tries to climb off the roof, and there, there's big like columns, mm-hmm. grabs onto one of the columns, and these things are like, the part of the column that he grabbed onto is a couple hundred pounds, broke off, fell backwards on top of him, and he's lucky that he didn't die. He stands up, and you can hear his femur just snaps. Welcome into the podcast, another episode of Living Large. Today's guest I've been a fan of for a very, very long time. He's been in the YouTube game for 11 years. He has 10 million subscribers on YouTube, 18 million followers on Facebook. Welcome to the show, Thanks Big Doss TV. Me, man. Long time no see. It is a long time no yeah. see. I've actually been a fan of you since... Uh, Nerd Raps in Compton. Okay, classic. Which was like 10 years ago. And do you know we met before that? Where? We met at VidCon. I was talking to Logan, okay. and he introduced me to you at the time. And I was like, oh, he definitely didn't know who I was. Because you're like, hey, man, you're super nice. But you're like, hey, yeah. what's up? Bye. And then you just like walked off. <laughs> but I was, I was his videographer at the time? Yes. yes. Okay, yeah. So... But I did know who you were. I was you probably did. just trying to play it cool. Play it cool. Like, like, oh, yeah, what's up, dude? How you doing? So you've been in the game for 11 years, bro. Oh, yeah. That's a, a very long time. Very long time. What made you even get started in the first place? Because I think everybody gets a little bit nervous, mm-hmm. especially with your thing. I tried to do pranks, man. You did? Nerve-wracking. Definitely is. Um, so I saw Jackass when I was uh, like 10 years old. My dad made the mistake of letting me watch it just fell in love with it. I wanted to be like a stunt man when I grew up. Um, so I asked for a video camera for Christmas that year and just started making videos around my neighborhood. It's like different little, you know, stupid stuff, um, pranks, stunts. And then, you know, over the years, I kind of became known as like the kid in like middle school and high school is like the guy that would make funny videos. Mm-hmm. And at that time, um, I had a few of my friends upload like my videos to YouTube but I, I, I never could figure out how to upload videos to YouTube. Like it took me like five years to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So by the time I graduated high school, um, you know, I, I finally got to the point where I was like, all right, I'm gonna start putting them on YouTube and stuff like that. And um, long story short, I saw an article about how you could make money from it. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna do that. So I dropped out of college and just pursued it. Were you self-taught? Did you like yes. teach yourself how to edit those oh, videos? Yeah. I bought like a, a program in like fifth grade, like a shitty little like $30 thing from Target, like a software to uh-huh. edit videos. It was the most frustrating experience ever. But yeah, well, along the way from there, I went to like iMovie, used that for a while, went from iMovie to Final Cut. Okay. Um, so yeah, pretty much self-taught and just learned along the way. But you were inspired by Jackass. I was. To make YouTube videos. Yes. Which is interesting because I was inspired by YouTubers to make YouTube videos. Okay. What made you, like, I guess the money you said, right? You said you right. can make money? Yeah, I saw an article. Um, so I'm sure you're familiar with Jesse Wellens from Boyfriend yeah. vs. Girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, so it was yeah. an article about them. And this is in 2011, probably. And it was just saying how they were making like $100,000 a year on YouTube. I was like, what? And I didn't know who they were. I didn't even know. I probably saw it on Facebook or something. And I looked up their page and I was like, oh, this is like similar content to like what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Because they did a lot of, they have prank versus prank and stuff yeah. like that. And I was like, I could do this. And at the time I was going to community college and I was like, this, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, let's talk about your backstory. You grew up in Kansas City, yeah? Yes. Congratulations on Thank the, you. Uh, on the back Super to back. Bowl. I, I was to there. I mean, I'm not even a San Fran fan. That's a weird thing to say. San Fran fan. It is it's a tongue twist. But I just hate to see you guys win every year. Yeah, people do. I don't know what it is, man. Well, it's like the Patriots, you know. Everyone yeah. started hitting them because they were just, you know, no one wants to see the same team in it every year. So yeah. like, I get it. So fifth grade, grew up. What was your plan initially instead of YouTube? Because you went to a community college. What oh. were you trying to major in? Um, so growing up, I always wanted to play in the NBA. Obviously, that didn't work out. I... Uh, you didn't even really get a lot of playing time in high school because my team was like nationally ranked, like everyone was like a beast. Um, so I was gonna go to the univers- or Kansas University, um, and I missed like the the deadline to register, and so I was like, all right, I'm just gonna go to JUCO for a year and you know kind of figure things out. And then my my buddy who was going to Arizona State called me. He's like, dude, you got to get out here. Like it, it's crazy. Like you know, and I was I was 
all up for leaving Kansas. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it has a special place in my heart, but it's not where I wanted to be. I always wanted to leave because it's pretty fucking boring. Yeah. Um, so I was like, all right, done. So I moved out here. I went to community college out here while I was trying to, you know, figure things out with the YouTube thing. Um, and then, so I, I did get my associate's degree before dropping out. Um, so you can't fully call it yeah. a dropout, but um, the whole plan all along was to go to ASU. And most people think I did go there. Um, but that's right when I was about to start at ASU was when I started getting to the point where I was making like $2,500, $3,000 a month. And so I called my parents, told them, hey, I'm dropping out. I'm not doing this. And everyone in my family was heated. Everybody, my yeah. grandparents, my every, my brother didn't give a shit. But like even my sister, like they're like, you have to stay in school. You can always come back and do YouTube. I'm like, no, you can't. Like mm-hmm. this is the time right now. I have to do it. Like you can always go back and go to school if I can't. This opportunity is not going to come back around. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the moment where I was like, I'm all in. So you were making three grand a month. I mean, that's only thirty six thousand a year. Were, you, were your parents funding your school? Yeah, and my your dad lifestyle? was helping me out with my apartment in school, and. Um, so whenever I called him at that point to work, cause my apartment was like 700 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I was like, oh, I can pay my rent and I have enough money for food. Mm-hmm. I was like, I called him uh, ever since I called him from that moment. Haven't seen a dime from him since, uh, but he's, he's proud of that as well. Did you start to make a lot more money quickly? No, it was a slow grow. Yeah. Like, I didn't blow up. Like lots of people like blow up, like boom. It took me two years to get a thousand subscribers. After two That's years, crazy. I got my first check and it was like $144 after two years. And then I did the, uh, the, the video that really kind of got me going was, um, eating junk food in the gym. So I went, I, I uploaded it the next day I wake up, my mom's calling me. She's like, do you know you're on good morning America? I was like, what? I turn on the TV and uh-huh. boom. And that video just exploded. And so that's like the first month where I made like $3,000. Mm-hmm. And from there I started, you know, I kind of just rode the uh, momentum and it just started everything. I just, it was just all perfect timing. And I, all the videos I followed up with were like, do you want beef? Um, nerd making friends at college, you know, just di- there was a bunch in a row that were all fire, like nerd picking up girls and they all mm-hmm. kind of started getting millions of views. So it went from like, 1,000 subscribers to 100,000 subscribers super quick. Yeah. And then I think it was like 100,000 to a million in a year from there. That's, I mean, I feel like that's the case with YouTube. It's crazy that you stuck with it for two years to only get 1,000 subscribers. I just loved it. Because, but that that goes to prove though that it can change overnight, it but can. it does it isn't overnight, and yeah. that's what people don't understand. A lot of people are like, oh, why isn't it working? Why isn't it working? You know, blah blah blah. I'm like, you know. All you need is that one video. And then you have that catalog behind it. Yeah, exactly. And then people see like, oh, he's been consistently doing this. What made you keep doing it? Because it seemed to be a failure at first. Dude, for me, I was like, holy shit. Like, I got 700 views. Like, I thought that was great. Okay. (laughs) So I was just, I think I was just so dumb that it didn't work. Um, And I just, like I I said, I, I just loved it. Like, I would wake up in the morning, like, I would be in the shower and I would almost be like, you know, shaking about how like passionate I was and how badly I wanted it. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, I always knew that I'd get to the point where I'd be able to support myself doing it. And I used to always look up to, you know, guys like Andrew Hills and Vitaly. Mm-hmm. I'd go on their social blade, look at their stats. And I'd be like, damn, these guys are making like 300 bucks a day. If I can just get to that point, I'd be yeah. set. Were you nervous at first when you first started making pranks? Like going up to strangers and um, fucking with them and kind of making a fool of yourself yeah. seems nerve-wracking. I, I would uh, say there was more nerves. I was always like that as a kid growing up. You know, I was kind of a troublemaker, and I just loved, like, anything adrenaline-related. Like, that's what me and my friends would, would do for fun. So it, it kind of came natural to me. And then as things went on over the years, it's kind of sad, actually, but, like, I used to get, like, ner- a little bit of nerves, like, mm. shakiness, whatever. And then now when I do it, I'm just, like dead inside like yeah, i yeah, feel yeah. nothing because i've done it so much and it's just like so normal to me that it's just like i don't even get the heart pumping at all yeah. anymore i know now you tell people afterwards you're like hey I, i'm filming a youtube video mm-hmm. did you do that to start or did you just no, post them on YouTube? actually a great question because i didn't know any better we just post yeah. whatever and the video that i told you about that was the first really big one 
I almost got sued from the gym that I filmed it in. I'm not gonna name the gym, but um, yeah, like whole lawsuit, everything. The video was going crazy. It got like 10 million views in like a week or two and I had to delete it. Really? Yeah, because they were threatening to sue me for like millions of dollars. For because what? Because I filmed inside their gym and I didn't ask anyone for permission to be in the video and someone like filed a, a complaint. And they were saying weird shit, like I was shoving like whipped cream down people's throats and stuff. I was like, no, I had one girl spray whipped cream in my mouth. Yeah. So, anyways, I had to take it down. I refilmed like um, some bits and put it back up and it went viral again. But it was a huge like thing. But I'm very grateful that happened earlier on because I learned from it. And from that moment on, I asked everyone, you know, to be in the videos um, and, you know, make sure I have permission, which to be honest, I should have done from the beginning. Mm -hmm. But I was 18, 19 years old. Like, it's just, you know, I was immature, I was stupid. It's not really anything I was really thinking about. Right. And now looking back and I do it now, I'm like, I, I ask people, you know, just like out of respect, like, even if it's in public, you know, can we use that? Mm -hmm. So it was, a, it was a learning experience for sure. Yeah, I feel like some of those people are like, they're just watching Good Morning America in the morning and they're like, what they're the like, fuck? Why bro? am I on here? Yeah, right? <laughs> that kind of segues into my next question. Has a prank ever gotten to the point where in the middle of it, it's like, you're like, oh, this is kind of getting out of hand and you have to stop it? Yeah, totally. There's been several. Um, probably the biggest one was um, asking people where the nearest bank is. And we're all in ski masks in our van. That one, we got pulled over by like 10 cops, like all at gunpoint. And we like, I had to like, we all had to put our hands up. We had to throw the keys out of the car and exit one by one and get handcuffed. What? Um, and the worst part about that was like, my dog was in the car. So that could have gone very wrong if he had jumped out or something yeah. like that. Uh, so that is, is one where it's like, uh, this is, this is not going well. And the guy in the back of the car, um, probably no phase adapt. He has a, a DSLR with a giant shotgun mic on it. They're, the cops have their guns drawn and, and he turns it around and starts recording them. Like, put that down. Yeah. Man. Like, it looks like a gun. Yeah. Like, the, it could have ended very badly. What they happened with that? It. Did you get fined? Did you get arrested? No, they, I mean, after they put us all in handcuffs and we told them what we were doing because we were just asking people where the nearest bank was. So, it, not, there's nothing that they could do. So, yeah. we left. But I, it was one of those situations where I was like, man, this, this could have ended very badly. Did you post it? Yeah. <laughs> I sure did. So with something like that, when you get arrested, do you have to ask, ask the cops for permission? No, no. Because they're government employees or whatever? Right. I think it varies by state, but yeah, I don't think so. That's wild. So you had draw, guns drawn on you in a police standoff. Have yes. you ever had a person, because I saw a prank, a guy pulled a gun and shot the dude. Have you ever had any people pull out weapons on you? No, I've been close. I've had people reach for guns in their car. I think in the You Want Beef prank, there's a guy in a yellow Corvette. You can hear him when I ask him if he wants beef. He reaches into the side of his door, and then when I show him that it's just like like literal like beef in my shirt, you can hear it, a loud object drop inside the door. Yeah. Um, outside of that, not really. We try to keep it pretty lighthearted. I did a lot of crazy stuff like earlier on. Yeah. But as I've gotten older, I'm like, you know, it's not worth it. Like, I'm... I'm, I'm over that crazy reactions. I try to do more of like, you know, giving back and, you know, feel good type stuff. Dude, you're just segueing into all my questions. Okay. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about that. I, I noticed you do a lot of give back videos. You'll throw a thousand bucks up in the air and if they catch it, they get to keep it. Um, you do a lot of videos helping out the homeless. What do you f have to say to people that criticize that type of content and say that you're exploiting homeless people for views? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I probably haven't done a homeless video in a long time because of that, actually. Um, I think the last thing I did with anybody that was homeless was like, shoot, probably like eight or nine years ago. Damn. Um, because I did, because that was always something that I always was passionate about. It was like just helping people, especially homeless people. It's, you know, it's one of the things I've always felt like called to do. Um, but I don't know. I would say... Yes, I can understand where they're coming from. You know, I've seen videos online where it feels like they are being exploited. I've also seen videos where, you know, you can tell people are doing it out of the goodness in their heart. Um, so I think there's a fine line and, you know, I don't know. I would say it's better to help them than to not help them. Mm -hmm. um, but the the videos that I have done um, where, I, where I've filmed with homeless people, I've given all the money from the video to that person and 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I get it. It's such a gray area it is. because it's like, dude, I'm, I'm showing the world that I'm giving back and encouraging others and inspiring a younger generation to do that stuff. But at the same time, it's like, well, I get both sides, totally. but I'd rather have someone give back than not. I would. And, you know, like people use Mr. Beast, for example, a lot, which, um, you know, is he profiting from giving to people? Yes. Do you want him to stop because it's benefiting him? Absolutely not. Look at all the people that he's helping. Look at all the good that he's doing. And the biggest thing is inspiring others to do the same. And it causes a, a chain reaction. So think about all the good that's coming mm -hmm. from it. If you're mad at somebody um, for benefiting from it, then, you know, that's your problem. I mean, it's kind of like government employees or whatever rich people, they donate to get right. tax write-offs. Right, I mean, like, at the end of the day- Are they donating it out of the kindness of their yeah. heart or are they just doing it to get a tax totally. break? And I think <laughs> if, if people are being helped and you know, there's people in need that are benefiting from it, then that's all that really matters. And I think mm -hmm. you know, everything else is, I, I, I should say, I, you know, I'd probably look past it. Even if someone's like, you know, it's such a gray area, you know, it's, it, I would have to say on a case by case basis, because I have seen videos that do really rub me the wrong way. So yeah, I try to I make sure yeah. whenever I do it, that it's really, you know, genuine. I've seen some of those guys where they like, especially the ones where they're like filming right yeah. here. A lot of those ones on TikTok, they'll like have like a GoPro on their chest or something. It, it can be, it can be cringe. Yeah. So, you know, I get it. All right. I got to ask you the question that probably everyone wants to know. Have you ever fake, faked a prank? I have not. Never. 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 Have you ever tried to and not posted it? Um, there has been a few moments where I'm like, man, if I could just get this scene real quick or, you know, just end yeah. it like we're almost done. It's been so tempting, but I've worked so hard my entire career to have that clean name. Mm -hmm. And if you were to even just fake a scene that ruins your entire reputation. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's never been worth it. You know, there's been guys, and I'm not going to name names. I mean, I can, I can tell. <laughs> I can tell when videos fake. Like I've been doing it for so long, mm -hmm. and I know a lot of their stuff is real. But if every third video or fourth video is fake, you might as well just fake everything because right. you lose all credibility and people lose respect for your content. So I remember. I've, yeah. I've always been very, very like true to myself as far as like you know i have to you know make sure that when i put videos out that they're real i grew up watching a certain youtuber and i got the chance to film a video with him and it was a prank video i'm not gonna say who and i like looked up to this guy and then we go film the video and um he was faking it and i'm That's just sitting crazy. there i'm like oh my god dude this is all fake yeah like that's insane this and you know it's mind-blowing because you know they can make it seem so real but at the end of the day, you know, you're gonna get caught. Well, that's something because uh, when I lived and worked with Logan and we started doing the daily vlogs, um, we had to move one day. And they, I don't know if you used to watch us, but there used to be fans that would stand on the balcony or the parking garage across mm -hmm. from our apartment and just look in. So when we were moving, he was moving from 1600 Vine to the W. We asked some fans to come help us move his furniture. And when we were vlogging, uh, obviously we do bits in vlogs. Like right. we're like, hey, like nothing's just like, we did a, he's like, we did a bit. He's like, hey, like come up the stairs when I say this and then we'll do this. And then the fans there, bro, the kid was like, wait, like this isn't real. And I was like, he's like, no, you think Mark just walks up the stairs at the perfect time and like, they right. don't understand it as a fan base, though. Right. I mean, from my side. Right, you're just doing bits, like, to an extent. Bits. It's still reality, but yeah, it's, yeah. you know, you gotta... It's like reality TV, you know? Mm -hmm. It's real, but it's also not. It's, product it's produced, yeah. yeah. Uh, who are some YouTubers that you admire or look up to? Uh, now or used to? Used to and now. Okay, um, used to, like, you know, when I was trying to come up, you know, Andrew Hills and Vitaly and Roman Atwood and all those guys. You know, who's the guy that was before Vitaly, Steve something? Um, I, he, he never really blew up, but mm. those were the guys that I looked up to. And then, you know, now is nobody. I don't really watch YouTube anymore, you know, so. Did you ever get in any, like, beef? Because I know Fousey and Vitaly had, like, a whole yeah. feud or something. I always tried to stay out of that stuff. Yeah. There's not really anything. I had a, a, a little thing, like, a while ago with another prankster. Um, and I was like, this is stupid. It's not even worth my time. What made you stay in Arizona? Because everybody, when they make it, they go to LA. I know. Um, never been a big fan of LA. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I moved to Arizona within three days, I met the girl that I ended up marrying. Wow. 
Um, so that is also something that always kept me here. Um, been together for almost 11 years now and we have three kids. So her family's here, they help out a lot. So never really had the reason to move. And, um, I just really fell in love with Arizona. It's close to everything too. So, you know, it's a short drive to LA, Vegas, San Diego. It's, it's nice. I, I, I enjoy it here. I think I'll probably be here a long time. What did your wife think of you 11 years ago trying to be a YouTuber? She always thought it was great. Yeah. Like when I met her, I had 300 subscribers and she supported me the entire way. Really? Yes. That so, is rare. It is. Yeah. So she was, you know, at the time I had no money. I, every single day I'd have a $5 Red Baron pizza. You know, like that was my thing. Yeah. And, you know, she, you know, loved me for who I was and she still does. So I'm glad that I was able to find somebody before all of it happened. Um, mm. So it's been, it's been good. Why is it that you choose to keep your personal life off of social media? Because I don't really want to exploit my family to that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they're the only private thing that I have in my life. So I want to keep it that way. And, you know, there's so much weird shit out there in the world. I don't want, you know, I don't want my family to be a part of what I do. I want to keep work, work and keep family, family. Once you mm -hmm. intertwine the two, I think it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I can relate. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, you just yeah. had a breakup, huh? I'm over two, bro. I'm over oh, two. Damn. I got to take some lessons out of your book. But my problem is, dude, is I started creating content that's centered around me, right? In my personal life. Yeah, you vlog, so you have no choice. Right. The You're beauty. Just fucked from I'm the get go. I'm fucked, bro. The beauty of your content, though, is evergreen. Mm -hmm. You could post it. It has no timeline. Right. Has, and also you can post your content to every platform. Yes. The the lifestyle stuff is, you know, is really just YouTube, right? Like yeah. YouTube and Instagram, yeah. TikTok. Not, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's probably not, it doesn't perform probably great like on Facebook or um, Twitter or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. But I don't know. What happened? Did you plan that initially or like, or just no, as just, time evolved, you're like, oh, this works out. I was like, out. oh, this is great, yeah. When I got here, your cousin showed me a video of a naked man trying to break into your house. Yes. Tell me about this. This is the second time this year, dude, I guess last year. So let's go back a little bit. So the first incident was um, March, I believe, of last year. This guy breaks into our uh, backyard. We had just redone everything, put turf in, like a mini putt area. And I get a call from my cousin in the morning. He's like, some guys in our backyard, he ripped up all the new turf. He spray painted the house, um, broke a bunch of shit in the backyard. And he spray painted him. He found a spray paint bottle, spray paints himself green. And then just terrorizes our backyard. And he's completely cracked out. And he sends me, a, my cousin sends me a video. He's like trying to chase him out with a broom, some crackhead. <laughs> so this completely like cost me like five, $10,000 in damage. And um, turns out he didn't know me, but some, some crackhead came in our backyard and like tried to break into our house in the middle of the night. So then fast forward six months, another call from the police at like four in the morning. And I'm assuming this guy was probably a fan. I don't know. I'm still getting information about it. Mm -hmm. Completely naked, running around our house, trying to get into all of the doors and then starts running on our roof, but naked tries to climb off the roof and there there's big like columns mm -hmm. grabs onto one of the columns and these things are like the part of the column that he grabbed onto is a couple hundred pounds broke off fell backwards on top of him and he's lucky that he didn't die he stands up and you can hear his femur just snaps and then he's like blood shooting out of his leg we just redid the driveway put in all new pavers bled and stained all over our entire driveway with all the new pavers and there's a video of him like crawling to the doorbell and he's like he's like i'm sorry he's trying to ring the doorbell he's like he's like dying like he's like almost bleeding out and and no one was home at the time what and so he ends up and this is like a two-hour ordeal he crawls to the street and this is a huge property it's like yeah you know it took him like 30 minutes just to crawl to the front of the driveway and he's screaming and the neighbors hear him call the cops and yeah, so lots of crazy things have been happening at, at our at our. Why office. your house? I don't know. I think, think it's fans? kind of attractive. Like yeah, the house. I mean, I pulled down the street and I was like, "That's the one." Yeah, <laughs> it, it looks like the White House. I think yeah. maybe you know, there's a canal that runs behind it. I think there's a lot of crackheads back there, and when they're all like high, they're like 
you know, just looks like the promised land probably. So what does that process look like? Is, do you press charges or? Yeah, I did. And what you happens? Uh, he was in jail for a while, I think. You know, Can I show the video? Yes, absolutely. Dude. Just got to blur out. Yeah, know, I'll blur out his dick. His, his pecker. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the guy, you know, he's like, do you want to press charges? You know, I'm like, this is the second time that's happened. I'm like, yeah. I mean, he damaged my, you know, he did thousands of dollars of damage. So, yeah. So I, I, I press charges. Yeah, I have to. Um, and then they were asking me, like, oh, do you want to, you know, charge him for, like, you know, uh, like a sex thing like exploitation or whatever i was like no i was like i think like the charges for trespassing and damage and like broken femur is enough so we'll stop there i'm not going to go that far yeah but yeah i mean if you don't press charges you know we'll probably do it again how old are your kids uh four two and one what's that like being a father it's great man love it nothing better in the world really? it's better than anything it's it's interesting because uh a lot of people, a lot of fathers say, you know, before you have kids, you're like, yeah, well, who cares about having a kid? But then when you have a kid, something shifts, something changes. What is that shift? I don't know. I think it's just something that comes naturally. But once you have like, you know, this little, you know, baby and this kid and you just like see them grow and like, I don't know, it's just like a love at first sight kind of thing. Um, you really can't explain it. You know, you'll never know until you have kids yourself. But it's just, uh, it's... It's like the the purest form of love that you could ever experience. You know, it's uh, it's it's, it's not like anything else. Has that shifted your why and your purpose? Because initially you started, you just seemed hungry to be a YouTuber. Do you do this for them now, your family? Does that shift your why? Mm, it doesn't shift my why for what I do at work. Okay. Um, but it shifts your why for you know who you are as a person. I think the two are are separate. You know, I can you know, have any other job in the world. I could be a teacher, a doctor, a, you know, a, a garbage man, like, which is actually what my son wants to be when he grows up. He's obsessed with the garbage trucks. Um, and they wouldn't care, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about who you are as, as a father, not really about your occupation. Would you say that your prank videos and your online persona is in line with who you really are off camera or is no. that a performance? It's a performance. Yeah. I mean, I, I am my genuine self when I do these things, but I'd say I'm totally different in, uh, in person. I'm a lot more like calm. I don't think I'm as funny. Like it's the edited best bits of myself. Yeah. Um, I don't really consider myself a super like funny or entertaining person. Maybe other people think differently. Maybe, maybe I am. Um, but it's just like, it's one side of me, mm -hmm. you know, that, that is like a genre of myself. Would you, does your wife work? No. So she takes care of the kids. Yeah. And I know Steven, he's under your wing, yeah? Steven Shapiro? He, we, uh, we are like, uh, you know, we have a business together, but we also kind of just do our, our own right. things as well. He does a lot of videos where he, like, picks up girls. Do you yeah. ever do those? I used to. How did your wife feel about you making videos about I picking mean, up she girls? Didn't, she didn't love it. Um, once I got married, I, I was like, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, but, you know, she knew that it was something that I did for entertainment, something that, you know, helped grow my channel, pay the bills. And, you know, she trusted me. I think that was a big thing. Like, she understood that, you know, it was just part of what I was doing for my channel because I was, you know, doing that from the very beginning. And she's always been super supportive. So, you know, it was never really a, a big deal. Would you say that you, because a lot of YouTubers I meet are obsessed with the craft. Are you obsessed with it? No. No? No. I used to be. Okay. I haven't been obsessed with it for probably four or five years. So what keeps you going then? How do you um, keep showing up every day and every week? You know, at this point, it's like, it's just what I do. I get, I, I get obsessed and like have passion about certain little projects. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it to me is, you know, you do anything for 12 years. It's just not the same. I'm definitely burnt out. Yeah. Did you have a period of time where you stopped posting? Yeah, I quit several times. Um, and there's always, it always comes and goes and, and like burst. Like I'll have a season of time where I'm like, fuck this. Like I hate it. I never want to make another video again. And then I'll have seasons of time where I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's do like two videos a week. Like let's film. Like I'm super excited about it. Um, so it, it, it definitely comes and goes and there's highs and lows and, at the end of the day, um, you know, what kept me going this entire time was that goal of reaching 10 million subscribers. And now that I'm here, you know, 
I, I still want to create videos, but um, I don't think it's going to be where it's like every single week. Like I'd rather do like a couple really good videos a month as opposed to like one or two mediocre videos every week. Whatever I want to do from this point moving forward, I, I want to, you know, find that passion again mm -hmm. in, in each video that I do. What are some struggles that you face that a lot of people wouldn't understand? Because I know when I first started making content, a lot of people on the internet, they're just like, what are you complaining about, bro? Your life's so easy. All you have to do is film what you're doing. What are some struggles that you think social media creators face or you yourself that people don't understand? There's a lot of stresses that come with it that, you know, people don't think about. Like for me personally, like I don't even like people knowing me. Like when I go out in public, like I'm always nice. I'm always happy to, you know, I'll never say no to a picture. I never have in 12 years. I don't think maybe once or twice if I'm with like my family. family yeah. Um, but, you know, I love and respect my fans, but I'm not. I'm, I'm kind of an introvert. I'm actually pretty shy. Um, so I don't like, you know, I love creating these videos that I can share with the world, but I also don't like love being in the spotlight, I guess. Um, so that's one thing that, you know, it's not a negative, but it's, you know, something that does have a certain uh, level of stress to it. And then the other thing would be, you know, going out, especially with the kind of content that I create. People don't realize that like how much failure goes into it. Mm -hmm. So like I would say over half of the videos I film are never released. And some of those have higher budgets. Um, lots of times we'll go out and I'll just waste a whole day like waiting for the right reaction and then the video sucks. Um, but it's just like anything, you know, not everything is going to go your way. You're not going to win them all. Um, but just getting to the point where you can, you know, like where I can release something is very stressful for me because I'm so picky about my content and having that certain quality. So when stuff's due and there's deadlines, you know, it's stressful just like any other job, but I, I would never, you know, complain about it because I'm incredibly blessed to be doing what I have always wanted to do. You know, like I said, this was, you know, what I set out to do and uh, just been very, very blessed in, in doing this. So, you know, Whenever I get down on myself, I, I take a good look in the mirror, like, you know, you asked for this, you're right where you want to be. Um, and I just try to, you know, take a step back and be grateful. What's your long-term plan? Do you want to do this for the rest of your life? Over the next couple of years, I'm really working on transitioning into the golf content. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as you know, you came on the golf channel, the yeah. Bogey Bandits. I started last year. Um, so I would love to do that. I've, I've you know, fallen in love with golf. Um, it's really all I want to do. So if I can find a way to make money from that, which I'm starting a, a merch brand and that's separate from the YouTube channel. So if I can just get one of those to work, you know, that's my next 10 year plan or something I'd love to do. And I think I'll always upload on Big Dos TV, even if, you know, that becomes super successful. I'll always come back, even if I haven't made a video in a few months, just throw something on the channel. Just 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 because, you know, what made you want to do the golf channel? It's very niche. Yeah. Um, like I said, I just fell in love with the game and I was like, if I can find a way to make money from this, you know, I would love to. And it's, you know, I already know how to create videos. I know how to make content. And I think the kind of golf videos I'm trying to create, I don't think there's a lot of that in, in the niche. So I saw, I saw an opportunity and uh, hopefully we can make it work. Was it a maturity thing as you're getting older? You're like, I don't want to do pranks the rest of my life. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm 30 now. Like I hate stepping foot on college campuses. I'm like, dude, I feel so weird being yeah. here. Like I got to find something else. Does that affect you? Yes. Being stuck in that like yes. college It's like you're stuck in a limbo, you know? Yeah. And then uh, I'm, I'm like, I got to, I got to find something. Cause if I don't go to a college campus, it takes forever to film a video. It's so hard. And you know, I'm not doing the picking up girls stuff anymore. I'm not doing the crazy, you know, dangerous stuff. So it doesn't leave me with a lot of options. Mm -hmm. So you eliminate the, the college campus stuff. There's not a lot left that I have to give. You made thousands of videos. What would you say is the one video that's made the most difference? Um, so that's super easy to answer. Um, during COVID, we were doing a lot of videos out of the house. And one day we were doing a video called tipping Uber Eats drivers, $1,000 delivery drivers, whatever it was. And um, basically, a lady came to the door, I gave her the $1,000 tip, and she just got super emotional, uh, broke down into tears. And it wasn't just like a normal cry, it was like a sob. It's like I could tell that something was, you know, definitely wrong. Um, and long story short, 
she um she was pregnant she lost her baby she had a bunch of medical um issues and complications and she had a ton of hospital bills because of all of this she had also just lost her job like she was really going through it um so it, it just you know really affected her and she was emotional because you know at the time you know a thousand dollars was gonna go a really long way for her and i think more so than that just the act of kindness was what she needed even more so than a thousand dollars and uh you know it touched her well she left um and i was just like you know not expecting that i didn't really know how to react in the in the moment um so i decided to set up a gofundme we weren't you know, at the time we had no idea who she was. We tried to message her on the app. Once they leave, you, you can't get in touch with them. So we, you know, in the, in the video itself, we were like, we're setting up this GoFundMe. We don't know where she is. We don't know who she is. If you, if you can reach out and get in touch with us, um, you know, we're, 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 we're setting up this GoFundMe and we'd love to, you know, make sure that she receives it. So about a week into the GoFundMe, we had like $50,000 for her. Up, up until this point right now, I think it's like 75,000 total that we raised for her. I got a message on Twitter about someone that seemed like a scammer, but said they knew who she was. Um, turns out he actually did. We got in touch with her. She came to the house. Um, we were able to get her all of the money. She, you know, um, she used that to get in the right place. I think she did IVF to have the baby. So she was able to do another round of that. Um, and actually ended up having a baby with all the GoFund money, get herself back on her feet, set up. Um, she got healthy and it was just a super emotional story. And she actually ended up naming the baby after me. No way. Yeah. So awesome. it was, yeah, that's crazy. So it was just like a crazy thing. Like the, you know, something that started with just a YouTube video, like brought a child into the world. It's kind of kind of wild. That is crazy. Yeah. What did that teach you about life or what you do? Um, you know, you never know um, how bad somebody needs something or the difference that you're going to make. And um, I try to always, uh, you know, I, I have a relationship with God. So I always try to pray before I do my videos, like the night before that he puts me in touch with the right people. And uh, he definitely did that day. That's really awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about the business side of things. If you look over here, you got... Four million pranks or four million <laughs> subscriber plaques. Yes, I, big I don't have the vlogs. What happened to that channel? Uh, just got tired of posting. There yeah. was I was doing a lot of personal stuff, yeah, and yeah. once I had kids, I was like, I you know. Yeah. What's the next one? I can't see the glare. Big Doss TV. Big Doss TV. What's the next one? The Daily, the daily Dropout. Dropout. Yeah, and then fake, fake pranks. pranks TV. Yes. What's that one? Fake pranks is a mockery of people who do fake pranks. As we talked about, everything I've ever done has been real. Yeah. I see all these people making so much money doing fake pranks and they're claiming that it's real. Mm -hmm. So I talked to Steven and I was like, yo, let's create something that's like, you know, where we can get in on that action, where we can create fake pranks, but with an upfront honesty policy, everything is fake. No one had ever done that. Because people that are watching the fake pranks, you know, that claim to be real, mm -hmm. you know, like I said, they're saying that it's real. People are just watching it for entertainment. Most people right. know it's, it's fake anyways. So I was like, why don't we just be honest about it, create a channel where we just make fake pranks for entertainment and it blew up and it's, it's what? Ari, how many subs is fake pranks at? Uh, 2.5 million subscribers. <laughs> yeah. How do you do this? Because you have four channels with the, over a million yeah, subscribers. Yeah, the daily dropout I think is 4 million. Um, and that was when I got tired of people knowing me. I was like, I need to create something that I'm not on. So that's mm -hmm. why I created the daily dropout, which is, you know, it used to be a lot bigger than it is now. Um, in my pursuit to hit 10 million subscribers, I kind of had to put it on the back burner a little bit. Um, but we're, we're bringing it back. Well, how do you manage this? Because like I said, you have four channels with over a million. You have a, uh, a faceless channel with dogs. Oh, that's right. You have like five different businesses within YouTube itself. How do you yeah. manage all that? Oh, just finding the right people. That's I love all. how you go, oh yeah, that's right. You <laughs> forgot about it. Your channel has a million subscribers and you forgot about it. <laughs> it's not on the wall there. Yeah. Um, it's just finding the right people that uh, you know you trust and that can work hard and you can teach them all of your knowledge and you know almost create like cloning yourself, mm -hmm. transferring all your knowledge to someone else. And you have to weed through a lot of, you know, 
people that don't do a good job and but you, there's people out there that can do it and i i didn't used to believe that i used to edit all my own videos do everything um and i haven't edited one of my videos in like five years at this point because there's people that can do it better how many employees do you have right now full time i think six or seven okay. um part time another few used to be a lot more like when we were in the hardcore daily dropout days i think at one point we had like 15. damn um but it's just a lot it's, it's too much I, I like keeping it smaller so do you have people on the business side managing all that? No, I do all of that. I never had a manager. I've never had what? an agent. Never. No. How do you do? Why? It's terrible. They just take your money. Yeah, but you can have a conversation and save twenty percent of your money. So you handle all the business. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, like Roman Atwood said, uh, "Keep it small, keep it all." That's yeah. true. I mean, I was walking around your house. You got the. Um, golf stuff in one room you yeah. got the other business in the other yeah, room. All the, there's seven rooms here and each room is like its own business they run it's like a mini office where do you bring in the most money it changes um so the first five years was all youtube pretty much sprinkled brand deals things like that second five years was when facebook got monetized and i there was a couple of years where I was making probably five times more on Facebook than YouTube. That's great. It is. And then, so now this past like year, cause Facebook slowly started to die down sure. for everybody, just their program. Um, now Facebook and YouTube are pretty even. And then uh, I might be making um, more from brand deals um, I have a partnership with, with uh, DraftKings that's been doing, you know, great. It's been a great partnership. And um, so before that, you know, I'd probably only do a couple of brand deals a year. And now I've been, you know, uh, signed with them. I'm actually, I ha I'm doing a video a month from now all the way up until next Super Bowl. So that actually, uh, you know, helps me get out and create content mm -hmm. and, and motivates me because I have deadlines and stuff like that. Um, but it's pretty balanced right now. How did you build that relationship with DraftKings? They reach out to you? Yeah, you don't have did, a manager. Yeah, I just, you know, email. Yeah. Have your email out there. Do you know how to find me? Do you do what like, you know, most people do you and know, you like put you like, know, you know, whatever, you know, Michael you know, at bigdostv.com you know. and act like a different, no. like act like your manager? I'm just you know? at Gmail, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't care? Because you know, I know yeah. a lot of people do that. They're like, they don't have a manager, you know, but they make no, a separate email. They don't email. need to sound official. <laughs> I mean, it's not gonna, that's not gonna make me any more money. Some people are surprised when they hop on the meetings and it's just me. I'm like, hey, what's up? Like, what are we doing here? But you have to have a legal team, though, yeah. I mean, I have a lawyer. They don't hardly ever use him. Really? Yeah, I read all the contracts, everything. You know, it's pretty easy to do. In the beginning, it was hard, like the first couple of years, but then you learn it. The language is, you know, once you learn like the language of the of the legal agreements, it's like you know what to look for. It's it's not that hard. So same thing. I'll spend an hour or two leading, uh, reading a, a, a legal agreement and save 10% because lawyers take 10%, right? So you got five, I think, yeah. Five. Okay. So if you have a hundred thousand dollar deal and they take 5%, that's $5,000. Then your manager takes what? 15, 15. So and when I was a CAA with the agency, I think they took five. So, so I was that's losing 25%. Yeah. So on a hundred thousand dollar deal, then, you lose 25,000 when so it would five. take you two hours for the, read the legal then, agreement. Yeah. If you didn't know, you can, you know, Google, you can ask them to change stuff or move stuff. It's pretty easy to do. And then, you know, accepting your own email, taking the meeting. So then that's what, three or four hours for a $25,000 difference for one deal. Did, uh, how'd you meet Steven? Cause you guys he won a competition a for one of my videos. Wow. Um, I did a, a thing where I was like, you know, I'm going to fly one fan out to a mansion in San Diego and have them be in a prank video with me. And he won and he flew out and we just hit it off. Like mm -hmm. just boom right away like we clicked and it wasn't much weird been, or anything you weren't were, were you worried no, about that not at all i was what was what I, I, I was worried about it you know I was, of course there can be like some awkward shit like you yeah. never know what you're getting but we hit it off right away and pretty much been like best friends since then man like i love steve he's he's a brother to me and um you know we've been through a lot of shit together and he, he's he's just a great dude he's always had my back no matter what and um you know, he, he would, he's the kind of friend that, you know, whatever you need, he's there.
Was it your intention to work with him or? or it happened? wasn't, that didn't happen until like a year or two later. It just kind of, he moved to Arizona. I was starting the daily dropout. I needed help. I needed someone else to be like the face of the channel. Mm-hmm. So he was that guy and he did a great job in the prank that we filmed. So I was like, Hey, do you want to be like one of the faces of this channel? And I had like a couple other girls I was, you know, testing out at the time and, um, it worked great. Yeah. Did he move out to Arizona or is it from here? He's from Miami. He was working in San Francisco. He went to college at ASU, so he decided to move back because he had a remote opportunity here at the job he was working at the time. And then he kind of grinded on that until he was doing well enough to leave that job. How do you, well, I guess, yeah, one of the, one of the good things, I've learned so much from you, dude, in just the time we've, obviously in this interview and we've golfed and just asking all these behind the scenes questions. How was, how was it that you were able to build a brand just around you? Because I think that I failed in that regard because I relied on so many other people to be in my videos. How did you just do it yourself? Yeah, I don't know, to be honest, because I don't find myself very entertaining. Um, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I, I think I, I have an eye for content, so I'll go out and I'll, I'll film all day and I'll take the best pieces. Mm-hmm. I think big part of it is just my worth, my work ethic. I have a very strong work ethic, or at least I used to. Um, most people I've collaborated with in the space, especially the, the prank space, they'll go out and they'll get like 10, 15 scenes and you know, they'll, they'll pick the best, you know, seven or eight. Mm-hmm. I always would go out and get like 60, 70 scenes I would film like five videos worth and then I'd pick the best scene, you know, six or seven. So I gave myself and everyone, whenever I collaborated with people, they'd be shocked that I'd film for, you know, seven, eight hours for one video. So I think without me even realizing it, that was a huge advantage. Um, and that comes with yes, the, the work ethic, but also being very picky about my content. Um, and, and knowing what to release, and what the biggest thing is knowing what to not release. Most creators are like, oh, you know, I spent $3,000 on this video and it sucks, but I have to put it out because I put all this time and money into it. Mm-hmm. I've always been like, that sucks. I'm not going to release that. Scrap it. So knowing what to show and knowing, you know, what clips to use and how to edit yourself, I think is, you know, what I've been good at. Because um, like I said, you know, I might not be the most entertaining person in the world, but if I give myself five times more of the opportunity for each video, then the videos are just gonna naturally be better than everyone else in the space. When you're doing those big give back videos, are you even, are you even making money off that? Um, like say you're yeah. whatever, throwing a thousand dollars? Yeah, I mean, it depends if there's a sponsor. You know, yeah. I, I don't make money back on all of them. There's been plenty where I've lost money on those videos. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I definitely made money from it. I want to ask you and you, I want you to be honest with me and blunt mm-hmm. with me. My channel, I mean, obviously I've could, can't figure it out recently. What's some advice you would give someone like me who's kind of channel plateaued and died? How can I rebuild? What would you say? That's hard because you already know the space. So it's yeah. totally different response than to someone that is just starting out. Mm-hmm. Because when people are just starting out and I get asked this question all the time, I'm like, you know, how do I blow up my channel? I'm like, you know, try to do like two videos a week. It's all about consistency, but they also have to be quality. So those two go hand in hand, the consistency and quality and then titles and thumbnails. But you already know that. So for you, that's a tough one. To rebrand. That's a totally tough one. Mm -hmm. You know, I would have to put some thought into it, to be honest. Um, you almost just have to do like that one crazy thing, you know, you almost have to do like that one crazy video that puts you back on the map. But as you know, it's hard because you can risk doing something so big, mm-hmm. spending so much money, putting all your, your, um, you know, chips in one place and there's no guarantee that, that that'll work. Right. So you have to be smart about it at the same time. How, I mean, how much are you uploading right now? Not enough. So I'm doing one podcast a week. I'm uploading TikToks every day. But what about your channel that you're trying? Not, not enough. Like once a fucking two weeks. So, so I already know the problem. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's just probably get back to the consistency yeah, yeah. on that because you're doing so many things at once. Yeah, yeah. You know, get back to the basics because that's what you're trying to. to I want to grow right? back. I mean, I love YouTube. I love that. What my struggle is, I guess, has always been 
uh, none of the, my friends do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And like I to just talked about with you, it's cool that you rely on yourself, but I've always relied on the people in my videos. Like I kind of had the David Dobrik, right. like, oh, we have a crew. And then that crew went and did their own shit, right? Um, and similar to you, man, like I've always been the guy behind the camera. Like that's what I went for college mm -hmm. for. So I was always more comfortable filming mm -hmm. my friends than turning the camera on me. Right. Well, you have the quality, man. Your videos are awesome. You have the personality. You've got it all. You just got to, you know, hop back on the horse. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. I think it's more, it's inspiring for me too, to like, I just last second came down here to Arizona mm -hmm. and to hang out with other creative people. It, it inspires me. And I've been honestly really thinking about getting out of LA. Mm -hmm. It's kind of nice here, dude. Yeah. Like, how do you like living here? I love it. Yeah. I love it, man. Yeah. You want to move in? Dude, you hiring? I'll rent you a room. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll live here. Fuck shit. <laughs> um, Arizona's you, a spot. What would you say uh, is the hardest platform to grow on and the easiest? Hardest to easiest. Hmm. That's tough. Um, I think it just depends on what you put into each platform. Okay. I do think YouTube is probably the hardest. Even with shorts now? That's different. Not with, yeah, with shorts is much easier, but those, those short views and those short form people that subscribe because of that doesn't translate to long format. Why do you think that is? It's a good question. I think they're, they're on the app for the shorts. Yeah. It's still, I'm surprised because you see channels that get a million views off of shorts and their long form stuff gets a thousand views. I'm like, yep. how is this possible? And that's actually prevented me from uploading shorts on the new golf channel. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be someone with a hundred K subscribers it get, gets a thousand views it just looks like an unhealthy channel yeah so it's it's tough yeah i guess because it's more of a younger fan base mm -hmm. probably and they just go on shorts mm -hmm. which is like the TikTok, attention span is bad and they're not subscribing and seeing the long form it, what do you think about the future of content I with mean, the sadly, yeah it's going to keep going to short form and that hurts the creators because you don't get paid nearly as much for the short form of stuff not even close and um but at the end of the day, it's, it's the way that everything's moving. Mm -hmm. Everyone's attention is just going down and down and down. So, I mean, you see it, TikTok, now that YouTube has the shorts, Facebook with the reels, mm -hmm. the writings on the wall. Hopefully people still continue to watch long form content. You, uh, with your kids, do you, are you gonna keep them off social media? Or do you keep yeah. them away oh, from yeah. the they iPad? they won't be able to have social media until they're, I haven't thought about it too much, but I would say the earliest would be like 16. Yeah. I didn't get a phone until high school. Really? Yeah. Parents wouldn't let me because yeah. they yeah. grew up with that one. Well, they're neither. smart. Yeah. Um, well, thanks, definitely. dude. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Let's go fucking golf. Let's do it. Let's, Guys, let's hit the links. Subscribe to Big Dawes TV, Big Dawes Vlogs, The Daily Dropout, Frank Franks TV. That's a lot of work. They don't got to do Bandits. all that. No, nah, but I'm really excited for your, uh, your new golf thanks, channel. And, um, Hopefully, it wasn't too boring of a guest. Dude, no, you were great. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Uh, you want to sit in? <laughs> <laughs>